0: Can the church say praise the Lord? Amen. Can the church say hallelujah. hallelujah? For God is great right. and greatly to be praised. The Bible reminds us to sing a new song unto the Lord, for He has done great and marvelous things. For that we thank Him and we praise His name today. For the blessing to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day, we give Him glory and honor. Thank God for his many blessings and his favor in our lives. Give honor to Sister Angel leading us in devotion today and all the ministers who are here and all of you. The choir and Brother Eric and Brother David and the ushers on the floor. Thank God for your presence today. Pray that you've already been blessed by being in the house of worship today. God bless you. Returning to our scripture today in Isaiah 40. Begin reading at verse 1 Continuing we'll continue on our theme, the Christian experience pray that you've been blessed as we've been going through this this passage of scripture and through the gospel of St. John. and That you are encouraged to believe in God and to allow his spirit to live and dwell within you. Isaiah 40 and verse 1, when you finally say amen. Isaiah 40 and 1, we read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For a New Testament passage of Scripture, we'll look at the Gospel of St. John chapter seven. We're going to begin reading at verse 19. John's Gospel, chapter 7. We're going to begin reading at verse 19 when you find it. Say amen. John's Gospel, chapter 7. We're going to begin reading at verse 19. We read Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now, some of them from Jerusalem said, "Is not this is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. but the rulers do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from, but when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. Then Jesus cried out. As he taught in the temple saying you both know me and you know where I am from and I have not come of myself but he who sent me is true whom you do not know but I know him for I am from him and he sent me therefore they sought to take him but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come many of the people believed in him and said when Christ comes will he do more signs than these which this man has done. This morning, I want to share with us briefly from the subject of Christian experience, Jesus versus the law. Jesus versus the law. Let us pray. Kind heavenly Father, we adore you today. We pause to extol you and acknowledge your goodness, Lord. For Lord, there is none like you in all the earth. The songwriter sung today, and we are just saying, For God is great and greatly to be praised we honor you and we bless your name lord, for lord you alone are worthy of these praises you alone are worthy about our song you alone are worthy of our lives lord and we bless your holy name now bless your people today as we share from your word lord we worship you in song and we worship you in prayer lord and now we want to worship you in the sharing of your word get glory for yourself today as we come to share your word bless me your servant lord that your word might go forth, that your people might be blessed. We bless you, we praise you, we magnify your name. For it's in the strong, saving, satisfying name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience, Jesus versus the law. Jesus versus the law. And when we share this theme each time, I hope that it calls us to look back on our lives. to Think about the things that we've done and the places we've gone and the people we've met. And when we hear this theme, I want us to realize that the main thought of this theme is the word Christian. Because it means that we must be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. And, I, and I'm going to keep saying that. I want us to be Christ-like. I want us to live for Christ. The songwriter said, in this dark world and faithful I will be. The joy I know that keeps my soul shall last eternal. We want us to think about Christ. For what you do for Christ, is going to last. And I want us to live Christ-like every day of our lives not just on sunday morning and at 11 o'clock but every day of the week living for jesus christ When we look at our old testament passage of scripture in, in, in isaiah we know that god has a plan for our lives and and I, and I talk about this passage because i want us to understand that one day we want to share this gospel with somebody else because god has this, this is the plan that god has this is the, the vision he laid out so that we can understand his plan for the lives of mankind isaiah 40 in verse 1 says comfort yes comfort my people says your god Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she is received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. See, God's plan is that you be forgiven of your sins. Now, you don't live with sin's condemnation over your life, all of your life, but you can be free from that. The Bible lets us know that he died on the cross to free us from sin. So we need to understand that Jesus died on the cross That we might be free from sin. That our sins would be forgiven. And it says in verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. See, no matter where you are on this journey, you can start getting on the highway of holiness. You can can stop living for the devil and start living for Jesus. As Sister Myrtle Hill used to say when we were growing up, said, all for Jesus, none for the devil. That's what I want us to live. I want us to live all for Jesus Christ. No matter where we are, no matter what you did in the past, it can be forgiven. And now you can start living for Jesus, walking in the highway of the king. So you can start living for him, no matter where you are on this journey. It says every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth." In this journey of life, on the highway of life, You're going to have some mountains. You're going to have some valleys. But with God on your side, you can make it over the mountain. And when you don't have the strength to make it over the mountain, you can speak to the mountain. Say, mountain be thou removed, and be thou cast into the midst of the sea. God has all power. In our Sunday school lesson today, we were talking about Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah didn't believe the angel because it looked impossible. didn't look like God could do that. But I want you to know that whatever mountain is in your way, You can speak to that mountain, and the mountain can move if you believe. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. So no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it gets, believe that God is able to bring you through, through your dark valleys. If you've been in the valley for a long time, keep believing that God can bring you out of the valley. The valley is not forever. The songwriter says, thank God that trouble don't last always. It might last for a while. But you can come out of that valley if you believe in God. And it said the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Anybody been in some crooked places didn't know how you was going to get out. Didn't know where you went wrong. But turn to the Lord. He can straighten out those crooked places and make those rough places smooth. And it said the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God wants to show your life off to somebody. See, some people, some people may not be able to relate to Pastor Miller. You know, they might say, well, that's a preacher. You know, he, he got special anointing and all these other things. But you, you might share your life with somebody and they be able to relate to your life. And see how God brought you out of your trouble. See how God made a way for you in your life. And his glory will be revealed. And somebody can be able to say, well, if God can do it for her, he can do it for me. If God can do it for Brother brother Hagin, he can do it for me. Because God wants to reveal himself through your life to somebody else. So they can see your story. One scripture says that that our, our, our lives are a living epistle known and read of all men. Some people might not read the Bible, but they can read your life. Because you can talk to them and relate to them. They might have a hard time reading the King James Version. But, uh, but, the, but the gospel according to brother, 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 uh, brother Carlton Wilson, that might make sense to somebody, ain't it? So let your light so shine before men. They may see your good works and what? Glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's what I'm talking about. The Christian experience, living our lives every day so that men and women, boys and girls, can see and know what it means to be a Christian. Let's look at our New Testament passage of Scripture. In the Gospel of St. John, John's Gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And I'm more convinced that we need to preach this Gospel now more than ever. There are, there are some people that just don't believe. They don't think Jesus was real. Or they don't believe in his power. They don't think he worked any miracles. Because they have a carnal mind. They can't, they can't, because they can't explain it, then they don't want to believe it. But you and I believe because we have faith in God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we need to have faith in God's word. And his word declares what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what we want to have is everlasting life. When this life is over, we want Jesus to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because you believed in me. You believe that I died on the cross for your sins, and I forgave you for those sins, and now you have life. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I want us to believe as we go through the gospel of St. John. and Now we are into John chapter 7, and we're finding out that Jesus had some trouble on his journey. He was always warned against religious people. It's nothing like having a religious argument. Help me, Holy Ghost. You can have all kinds of arguments. You can argue with your friends and your neighbors. But when you have a religious argument, that's a tough argument to have. Because people always have some other angle they want to bring at you. Religious arguments. And I'm talking about today the Christian experience, Jesus versus the law. And, you know, law, there's so many laws. And if you look at the laws of the nation there can be many books. And anytime you see a lawyer on TV, they're sitting before a whole book of, of books of law books. All behind them. And you're wondering, you know, they use this particular book for a certain particular case. And they go back and look for another book for another case. The law is big and large and, and it's detailed and it has all kinds of rules and, and instructions. But thank God for Jesus today. He only has one law. That's the law of love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah, somebody. It's good to know that Jesus came, that we might have life. See, the law comes to destroy. You use the law to to hurt people. You lose the law to to help yourself sometimes. But the law of love can help everybody. One songwriter said, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. There's just too little of." We need more love in the world today, because the law is always being changed, always being manipulated, always being challenged. Look at our law, our, our politicians today. They scribing and striving over the law, trying to throw in this little bit, and that little bit, politicking and trying to make sure that we don't, that our president don't make it to another another election, and that the poor people suffer. Always using the law. But today I want to talk about Jesus versus the law. He came that we might have life. And I thank God for Jesus today. And look at His lesson today beginning in, in, in John chapter 7 and verse 19. There are three things in this passage. that want to realize that Jesus didn't come to be just like the law, to be religious. He came to have a relationship. See, the law, it works against everybody. If you break the law, it don't matter what, what I know. don't matter who you know. If you broke the law, they they determined to make sure you pay by the law. But if you know Jesus, he can circumvent the law. He has power over the law. So we're talking today about Jesus versus the law. Let's look in John chapter 7 and verse 19. I want us to understand three things today. The first thing I want us to see is that the law kills, but Jesus heals. The law kills, but Jesus, heals. look at John chapter 17 and John chapter seven and verse 19. It says, did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The people answered and said, you have a demon who is seeking to kill you. And they knew all along that they was trying to kill Jesus. They go say again in this passage of scripture, you know, that these are they trying to kill Jesus? Here they are denying what they're going to confess to later. So the law comes to kill, but Jesus came to heal. I want us to see that Jesus is always working against religious structure and religious ideals and just doing what somebody already said to do. Jesus is versing. He comes to, to go against the law. He said, said in one place, I didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. it. You know what? To make it work right, like it's supposed to work. See, laws, you know, situations change. Mm -hmm. It's like someone saying, well, you know, now that we have, you know, cell phones, you know, now I don't have to stop on the side of the road and call, but I can just put my Bluetooth in, keep on riding down the road. (laughs) See, the, the law don't always fit every circumstance. But love always fits every circumstance. So Jesus came to heal, the law came to kill. Let's read on in verse 21. Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work, and you are all marvel. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And, you're, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses should not be broken, Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? See how hard it is to keep the law in every circumstance? Because sometimes it just don't fit. And we see the children of Israel, the the religious Jews, they realized they knew the law. And they always wanted to keep it. And the law said that when a child is born after eight days, you need to be circumcised. No matter when the eighth day was. And so if the eighth day came on the Sabbath, the law says no work can be done on the Sabbath. But you guarantee Jesus said that if the child was born and it happened to be the Sabbath, they was going to circumcise the child. So in every situation, the law doesn't always work. But the law of Christ always works because it's governed by love. So Jesus was trying trying to reason with these people and they were unreasonable. And I'm here to tell you today, as a pastor, as a, as a believer, that sometimes the law is unreasonable. As the body of Christ, we don't need to be unreasonable when it comes to loving our neighbor as ourselves. And I want to say, you know, one day some people are going to walk in the into Shadydale. They may not have the right dress on. Help me, Holy Ghost. Their pants might be sagging down. But I want us to have the love of Christ to treat them with the love of God. And not just by what we think we should be telling them. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. I want us to have the love of Christ dwelling and living within our hearts so that when, I, when, we, when someone comes in, they experience love rather than the law. They experience the peace of God rather than punishment. Amen. They know that we know who Jesus is because we want to love our neighbor as ourselves. I want us to have the, the power to heal rather than the power to kill. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to see how we need to let the power of God uh, bring healing and not hurt. To show love and not, not just the law itself. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 begin at verse 4. It says, And we have such trust Through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. Who made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. See, there are times when the law itself just not going to make it. It's not going to meet the need. It's not going to work things out. But the law of Christ, which is governed by love and the power of God's spirit, it makes things work out just fine. So we need to have the law of Christ living within us because it brings about healing. It brings about restoration. It brings about joy and peace. The the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And that's what I want us to live by, the spirit of God. We're talking about the Christian experience, Jesus versus the law. The second thing I want us to see in this message today is the law judges by appearance, but Jesus judges by righteousness. Look at John 7, the beginning at verse 24. We see the law judge by appearance, but Jesus judges by righteousness. Verse 24 says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteousness. Now, some of them from Jerusalem said, is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one knows where he is from. See, they were thinking about the appearances. They were thinking about what the prophets had said many, many years ago. Thinking about, you know, how he's going to look. What city is he going to be from? All these other things. But yet he was standing right there and they did not recognize him. So the law judges by appearances. But Jesus judges by righteousness. He knows what is right. Jesus says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we need to judge by righteousness, not just by appearances. Because, you know, even in the United States of America, a person is what? Innocent until proven guilty. You can look guilty of sin, but you probably weren't even there. You was probably at home watching TV and somebody accused you of something and made it look like you was wrong. Anybody been falsely accused before? The law judges by appearance, but Jesus judges by what he knows is right and what he knows everything. The Bible says he's omniscient. In other words, he knows all things. He judges by what is right, not just by appearances. And we find, look what these people were saying. Jesus said in verse 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. In other words, don't listen, listen, listen to everything. Don't just listen to one biased opinion. One scripture says in the mouth of two people, two witness, you got to have two witnesses in order to, to to charge someone. Don't just hear one because somebody might be mad at me. So that, that, that guy did something, such and such a thing. They might have a judge or an axe to grind. Don't judge by appearances. Judge righteously. So reading verse 25 says, Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? See, they looking right at Jesus. They know what everybody's trying. They know they're trying to kill him. But they're looking at him by appearances, and he's just walking among them. If they were judged by appearance, he should be arrested. He should have been handcuffed and put in the back of the squad car. But no, they're not even touching him because Jesus judges by righteousness. That's how you and I need to carry ourselves in this world. Don't just go by the first thing you heard said. It might be wrong. And then you'll be embarrassed and have to come back and apologize. You know, sometimes it's hard to apologize. So why don't you do it right the first time? Govern your life by the law of the love of Christ. Let the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Let that rest and rule and abide in your life. Let that be how you you make decisions in life. Because if you go by appearances, you just might be wrong. If you go by hearsay, you might be wrong. Judge by righteousness. Look at Psalm number 96, verse 10. See, God judges by righteousness. Aren't you glad God don't judge just like men? Just because of what something looked like or what something sound like. God judges by righteousness. Psalm number 96, beginning at verse 10, it reads, Psalm 96 and 10 says, Say among the nations. The Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. See, the man, they don't judge rightly. They judge by their feelings. They judge how somebody else told them to judge. They don't judge righteously. But I'm so glad today that God judges by righteousness. He's not paid off. You can't pay God off with money. Because the earth and the Lord is the full thereof, their arm and the world and they that dwell therein. He owns all the hills and the hills and the cows on the hill. So he owns everything. He's not worried about being paid off. Just like right now, you know, some, some of our congressmen are owned by lobbyists. But nobody can lobby heaven and pay God off to make a decision in a certain way. Thank God that God judges by righteousness. So the earth can rejoice and be glad. We can shout unto God because we know he's going to treat us right. Because he judges by Righteousness. So the third thing and the last thing I want to see in this message today, the law brings death, but Jesus brings life. Look again at John 7. and We see how Jesus was able to make it through all of the speculation, all the hearsay and continue to live. Let's look at beginning reading at verse uh, 28. It says, then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple saying, you both know me and you know where I am from, and I have not come of myself. But he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him. But no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And many other people believed in him and said, When when the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these, which this man has done? See, Christ comes to bring life the law tries to bring death but Christ brings life and even in that situation and I'm sure that you know there was limited access in and out of that temple but Jesus was allowed to speak freely and then leave when he wanted to leave because Jesus brings life and I want us to understand as Christians in this journey sometimes it looks like everything is over it looks like you've done got to the last straw Looks like you don't know where you're going to come out at. But when you believe in Jesus Christ, you still have life. You can still make it. You can still overcome. Even the worst thing that you could think ever happened to you, you can still live and overcome because Jesus has come to bring life. Not death, not destruction. That's the devil's job. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have life. And have it more abundantly. Look at Romans chapter uh, 5. As we bring this message to a close. Romans 5. 17. It says in Romans 5 and 17. For if by one man's offense. Death reign. Through the one much more than those who receive abundance. A grace. or the gift of righteousness. Will reign in life. Through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For by one man's disobedience many were made sinners; so also by one man's obedience many were made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound; but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more. But no matter where we are in this world, no matter where we are in our journey, Jesus has come to bring us life. And I thank God today for knowing this, for knowing that sin came into the world through Adam. But life came through Jesus Christ. Trouble comes through disobedience. But life comes through obedience. And destruction may come through sorrow. But when we live for Jesus Christ, we have life more abundantly. And even in the darkest times of life, we know we can call on the name of the Lord and be delivered. Be delivered and set free because we believe in the power of God. And I want us to believe in God's power today To know that no matter what the law may say No matter what the friends may say No matter what the the, the numbers might say But when you call on the name of the Lord You know that you can have life And have it more abundant May God bless you today Hope you understood the message As we stand together The Christian experience Jesus versus the law